And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The U, the new Miami, the new Miami, the new Miami, surge, surge, the new Miami, the new Miami, the new Miami, surge, the surge. It's a cane thing when we walk through, with the U ain't no bark, dude, straight dog when we bring the fight, ain't scared of no bright Welcome back to the Wide Right Podcast, I'm your host Manny Navarro. Miami Hurricanes beat writer at The Athletic. It's Thursday night around 9 p.m. March 11th. And we're only a few days away from the Hurricanes starting spring practice. Uh, It will get underway on Monday, March 15th. Uh, Some early morning practices. And the media will not be out there. We will not be allowed to view any of the practices, unfortunately. So that sucks for us. Um, But... We will get reports from practice probably on most days, some interviews, either with Coach Diaz, his assistants, or some of the players. So there will be stuff to report on in the days and weeks ahead. So football's back. I mean, if you're a Miami Hurricanes fan, like this is an exciting time. Uh, we're going to get a chance to uh, see how some new additions uh, pan out. Miami ended up having eight early enrollees among high school players, and then the three transfers, of course, Tyreek Stevenson, uh, the cornerback from Georgia, DeAndre Johnson, the defensive end from Tennessee, and of course, uh, Charleston Rambo, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma, who I just wrote about for The Athletic. I wrote a story, actually went out and wanted to find out a little bit more about him, why things didn't work out for Charleston at Oklahoma, uh, where he was the number two receiver in 2019 uh, behind CeeDee Lamb, who of course is first round pick of the Dallas Cowboys last year. Uh, basically Charleston was supposed to move into the number one position, sort of a conveyor belt type system over there at Oklahoma. They just bring in, you know, star wide receiver after star wide receiver. And it was weird. You know, Charleston Rambo was sort of set up to be just like Marquise Hollywood Brown was a couple years ago, a guy who could stretch the field. And he ended up falling behind a a freshman and sophomore, uh, highly touted recruited guys as well. But Uh, just didn't move into that number one slot and then of course became available in the transfer portal the Hurricanes jumped all over him and so we're going to get to an interview shortly with Oklahoma color analyst Teddy Lehman who uh, I interviewed and spoke with uh, in regards to uh, what happened to Charleston out there at Oklahoma and why things didn't work out and he he thinks that he's going to be a great wide receiver at the University of Miami so We'll get to that interview in a moment, but a couple things to touch on. I attended over the weekend the Under Armour All-American Camp over at Ives State Park. Manny Diaz, of course, was in there. Uh, I talked about six uh, recruiting priorities for the Hurricane, six guys that are very high on the list, all defensive players. That's in my story that came out Monday, so you want to read that in The Athletic. And, of course, the Hurricanes added uh, Cody Brown, uh, running back, from uh, Georgia, the top, the top running back in Georgia, um, that happened as well on Monday. He committed, and you know, former Tennessee guy, uh, a top ten running back in the country. Somebody's going to help bolster 
the running back position at the University of Miami. And, and so Cody won't be getting into the summertime, but that's one of what I've been told, uh, p- potentially five additions that Manny Diaz is going to make to the roster before 2021. You know, they're looking at the transfer portal. They're after, obviously, an, an offensive tackle out of UNLV. So there's a story on Cody's commitment and a little, you know, a little bit of a peek into what's happening uh, with some of the other positions that they're looking at to add players. So that is available to read also in The Athletic. But next, I want to get to this Charleston Rambo discussion. Um, Teddy Lehman, Buckkiss Award winner from 2003 at Oklahoma, color analyst uh, for the Sooners radio uh, broadcast since 20. 20- uh 18 sideline reported before that since 2012 so he knows the oklahoma program really really well and i wanted to get to the bottom of why it is that charleston ramble didn't work out there and why he thinks he's still going to be a good player at miami so here you go here's my interview with teddy layman buckus award winner ou color analyst years that you would have kind of the go-to guy mm-hmm. and then you would have your number two and then whenever the go-to guy went to the NFL the number two would step in and he's the new star there'd be a new number two we kind of had this conveyor belt right well in 2019 CD Lamb was the number one guy Charleston Rambo was the number two guy and you just felt like after C.D. Lamb went to the NFL that Charleston Rambo was going to you know, move right into that role. Now, we had a bunch of uh, young, good wide receivers, five-star kids that are really highly thought of. But, you know, Charleston Rambo was really the guy that had the experience and had the catches and had some flash to his game, was a deep threat, had some good speed, and it just felt like he was going to move into that role and it never materialized. Any particular reason why in your mind, I mean, you you watched every single game, you were there, I'm sure you probably got some some practice access and and whatnot. What did you see that just led to him not living up to it? I didn't see anything. Okay. Here's my only thought. Last year was a, a a weird year. Everyone knows that. Right. So, and we've got a new quarterback, Spencer Rattler. Right. Well, in a typical year, quarterbacks and wide receivers, through spring practice, through winter workouts, through summer workouts and drills and seven-on-seven and getting extra work, have thousands of reps together and really get a feel for uh, one another, how, how a quarterback throws the ball, a quarterback, you know, starts to learn the mannerisms of different wide receivers and what they like to do and when they're going to break open on certain routes and, you know, just get comfortable throwing them the football. Every every player is different. Every, every you know, you may have ten wide receivers on a team, well, everyone runs a dig route a little bit different. Everyone runs a go route a little bit different. And I think last year, since they were all gone and all at home and working with quarterbacks from their hometown or wide receivers from their hometown, I don't think any of that chemistry 
was built. And because of that, I think you came back to training camp and there was like a total clean slate. Mm-hmm. And I think Spencer maybe found some guys that he was a little bit more comfortable with. Yeah. And that's just kind of how it ended up working out. I didn't see anything from Charleston Rambo that he wasn't in shape or he didn't take the offseason serious whenever they had to spend a lot of time working on the road. I saw nothing to lead me to believe that. I just saw that as the season progressed, he never really took the step that everyone expected. And I think there was probably some frustration from him because of that, which is which is totally warranted, you know, whatever. Right. You expect to be the guy. The fan base expects you to be the guy. Your teammates probably expect you to be the guy, and that never materializes. I I can I never saw him act out or act angry or be visibly frustrated, but I could imagine that maybe it it turned into that, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that's why he transferred. But you know, I don't know. I I think he is a, a really good wide receiver that's got a good feel for space. That's a good deep ball threat. Um, you know, I think he's good after the catch. You know, one of the things that but Flash, he redshirted in 17, very limited time in 18, but in 19 made a couple of Flash plays. I think he had, even though CD was the big receiver that year, I think he had, like, the longest reception of the year, 70-yard touchdown. Uh, it just looked like he was going to kind of be maybe the next Marquise Brown. Right. You know, a, a smaller guy, a deep ball thread that was a burner. Um, CD was more of a big possession type, but really Marquise, or excuse me, Charleston Rambo really fit more of what Oklahoma's had a ton of success with over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Smaller speedsters that are, that are, you know, good after the catch and are good deep ball threats. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And Miami really, that's what they were lacking, uh, I, I thought, with their offense last year. You know, the Eric King came in, did a great job, I think, just raising the level of play around them. And they had Brevin Jordan in the middle of the field and Will Mallory, their two tight ends that, that you know, wreaked a, a bunch of havoc. They had their really good slot receiver and Mike Harley, but it was always the burner on the outside. You know, you, you had the, yeah. two, the two juniors that just dropped too many passes, D. Wiggins and Mark Pope. And so I think their whole attraction was, hey, we saw a lot of good things from this kid. We want him, you know, to kind of stretch the field for us. Do you think he could be a number one receiver, or do you think maybe he's just more of that guy who is going to be a complimentary, going to help, you know, sort of just play his role? In the right offense, I 100% believe he could be a number one receiver. Okay. You don't, you don't go to Oklahoma with the list of wide receivers that we've had recently. Mm-hmm. And just be expected to be the new number one guy. Like that doesn't happen to anyone. Just a roster guy or just a a role role position. Right. 
if people were expecting him to be that, then the talent was definitely there. Yeah. So, yes, I, I believe 100% he can. And here's the thing, you know, that's the other point. And here's what worries me a little bit about Miami. You know, talking about that wide receiver quarterback connection and how it has to be developed through thousands of reps and learning each other's mannerisms and nuance ways that you run routes and, you know, deep ball is probably the most difficult. Mm -hmm. You don't just show up and trust a guy and start ripping it downfield in, in season games. That's something that you learn on the practice field. You learn in one-on-ones. You learn just through a ton of reps and a ton of, ton of film work and a ton of, you know, casual conversation in the locker room or at the, in, over the cafeteria table, whatever you're just kind of shooting the breeze. That's how that trust and relationship is built for throwing deep balls. And it worries me that Derek King, he's not going to have, right. here he is moving into a new offense and because of injury, and I don't know where he's at, but I would, I would think that it's going to be hard to develop that relationship. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Did you get a chance to talk to him at all, Charleston, after the season? And, and I guess did it surprise you at all that he decided to leave, or, or were you kind of maybe expecting it based on the way things ended? I did not get a chance to talk to him after the season. Okay. Initially, I was maybe surprised, but after seeing it and thinking about it for a little bit, it made sense. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think it's the best move for him. Right. I do. It's hard to... Sometimes it's hard to fall out of favor, and I don't know necessarily that he fell out of favor, but once a quarterback finds comfort elsewhere, it's hard to ever, you know, position yourself back as a, as a number one, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And, hell, they got... You know, four or five five-star wide receivers on the football team right now. Right. And this is the way it works. There's a pecking order, unfortunately. Right. He was a four-star kid from Texas, a great recruit, but for for I think it's the same for a coach in college as it is a GM in the NFL. You're, the guys that you bring in mm-hmm. and highly covet, You've got to put them out there on the field, and, and and it ends up making you look good whenever those players look good, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. And, and, you and have- if, if you've got a four-star, smaller Charleston Rambo that's out there outplaying your, your big-time five-star kid, well, gosh, did you... Did you misevaluate the five-star kid? How is that possible that he's, you know, he's not the number one guy? Right. So, unfortunately, I think I think those things are real, whether they're ever talked about or admitted by coaches. It's probably not the case, but I think that stuff happens, and that's not an Oklahoma thing. I think that's across all of college football. Yeah. You you compared him earlier to Hollywood Brown. Is that is that what you think his ceiling is, being, being a similar type player to Hollywood? Gosh, I'm, that, I don't think that's fair okay. to, to say that because 
I don't I mean, that's some unfair expectations. If we start saying, well, Charleston Rambo should be the next Marquise Hollywood Brown, and he wasn't at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. it makes him look like maybe he was a failure, and that's not the case at all. Okay. Marquise Brown had, had the privilege of playing in an unbelievable offense with unbelievable quarterback play. Uh, was able to, to be a all-out deep threat early on because he was the number two and someone else could draw the attention of the safety and he could take the top off and, and, and be a, a deep threat. Mm-hmm. I'll say that he's got the skill, he's got the speed to be a pure number one receiver. And, and if he finds the right hookup in the right offense... I, I don't, I mean, I, I think he could put up uh, any amount of numbers that, that you that you would see out there. He's that talented of a player. And I, I, I believe in the kid. I think he's, I think he's a, a really good kid for Miami. Yeah. He, uh, I was going through his individual games. The UCLA game, I guess, is, he had two touchdowns and over 100 yards receiving. Is that the game that sticks out in your mind, or is there a play or moment that, that really sticks out in your mind from his time at Oklahoma? you probably heard by now we've teamed up with betmgm this season we'll be using betmgm lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for betmgm yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with betmgm here's how it works Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, I, I, listen, Miami's got high hopes for him, man. And, and you know, Rhett Lashley, last year, I, I felt like their, their running game was affected by the fact that they couldn't 
stretch the field that you couldn't really rely on a consistent threat. So if he if he does that for him, I mean, I could see the offense really taking off uh, next year and, and being much more reliable. You know, they played well, they put up good numbers, but it felt like they're just missing that one ingredient. And I thought that was it. You know, that deep threat. Yeah. Well, hey, I'll tell you, Lincoln Riley does a great job as for. So if a guy's a deep threat. What do we think? We think he's going to be ripping it down the sideline or on a post route in man-to-man coverage, and the quarterback is going to throw him the ball 45 to 55 yards downfield. That's a deep threat, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the reason – there's nuance and there's there's ways to be a good deep ball receiver even if you're not lightning fast, but I think what Lincoln is really good at is saying – well, this guy's a great deep ball threat, but we can give him the ball at zero yards and let him be a, a deep ball threat whenever he's already got the ball in his hands. Right. So to be able to find a way and create a way to to give guys like Charleston Rambo the football near the line of scrimmage with space and let them use their speed after the catch is – it's really the same thing. When you go to the box score at the end of the game, a 70-yard 70, 70 reception, it could be a bunch of different ways that it happened. And mm-hmm. we typically think of that as someone caught a deep pass down the sideline, but a lot of times in Lincoln's offense, you can go back to D.D. Westbrook, you can go back to Marquise Brown. Those are shallow crossers uh, against the against the grain where it turns into a foot race between – that guy and one other person on the field that was like the backside corner that chased in a little bit too far, and here it comes back across the grain at full speed against him, and you're just not a match for those guys. So that's something that Lincoln Riley did a really good job of with with guys like Charleston Rambo, and we've seen those guys benefit from that, and I think Charleston Rambo, as good as he is after the catch, would would benefit from that as well down there in Miami. Mm Mm-hmm. What did uh, what did you think of Derek King when you saw him last or two years ago? Now uh, he's been a godsend for Miami. The quarterback position's really struggled for years here, and, and it and it feels like you know he really brought some juice. Yeah, he, you know, being able to watch him up close and personal was he, he he's got it. He's got the if factor. You know, it, it just takes the right. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, he won like six games at Texas Tech. <laughs> you know, he he threw for like 800 yards against Oklahoma. Him and Baker Mayfield, everyone remembers that game. Right. They went and scored like six points against Iowa State the next week and lost like 40 to six. Mm-hmm. So it's not always just the quarterback. Yeah. How can a talent like that ever have that poor of a performance? There's no way that could be possible in college. Well, it's because you've got to be surrounded by good talent and you've got to be surrounded by good coaching that knows how to take advantage of of what you do well, steer you away from things that you don't do well, find a find a way to hide some of the uh, shortcomings on your on your team offensively, and and let guys grow and. If they can figure that out with him, he's got every tool. He can make every throw. He's athletic. He's got kind of that sixth sense in the in the pocket to avoid guys. 
So he checks every box. Yeah. In my opinion, it, it's up to everyone else to kind of pull their game up to that level. Now, I don't know what kind of guy he is in the locker room and and off the field. I mean, that's definitely a part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Is you, you got to have a guy that everyone's willing to do that for. Yeah. You know? He is. He's come in, and I really that's where I think he's made the biggest impact is just getting guys up. Hey, let's get to practice early. Let's practice. You know, let's throw some balls after practice. He even goes and talks with the defensive guys. I mean, he's really – uh, dedicated to his craft, and you can see that he's really motivated. And uh, I think that's yeah. where he made the biggest difference. Miami just didn't have leaders like that. You know, they had the quarterback before, Jaron Williams, who was talented, but just didn't have the maturity. I mean, he's a redshirt freshman, just not ready for that kind of moment and, you know, off-the-field type stuff. And, and D'Eric's the complete opposite of all that. So That's the real key. I mean, mm-hmm. the examples are everywhere. Yep. Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady the best quarterback in the NFL right now? No! He's not even close! Right. (laughs) But whenever he walks into that locker room, everyone in that team thinks that they're going to win, and they start playing and preparing to win. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield, when he came to Oklahoma, Oklahoma, he kind of rescued us. We were going through a bad time, and if if we didn't have a winner, who knows what was going to happen. He's a short, fat kid that walked on to Texas Tech. But it wasn't very long at Oklahoma at all before. I'm not exaggerating. That team would die for that guy. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? That, it changes everything. It changes the way guys prepare, the way they approach everything. Whenever you feel like you've got a guy that can win, everything changes. Every day changes in your approach. It's n- no longer, it's not just about me and getting mine and trying to make the best of this situation for me, it's like, we're going to go win a damn Super Bowl, or we're going to go win a national championship, and that's what teams got to have, so if, if he's got that, like you're talking about, look out. Yeah. Well, man, I mean, main idea was Tinkle Pink that he decided to come back, I'll tell you that. I mean, he's just like... Hey, I'll say this too. <laughs> Sometime, sometimes an injury mm-hmm. will make that guy have to develop that part of his of his game because you can't be out there. You can't you can't do it all physically, so you've got to do it emotionally with guys. And I saw that firsthand when I played at OU with Jason White. Mm-hmm. Jason White tore an ACL. He did it twice. But, you know, the way he turned into a leader instead of being the athlete, everyone, everyone would have died for that guy. And, you know, he goes and wins the Heisman Trophy, plays in two national championships. So this... It's never a good thing to tear an ACL, but this could help a lot of other parts of his game develop. All right, so you were uh, able to hear the interview with Teddy. I appreciate all the time he gave me. One other note, uh, Miami lost a commitment uh, this week in the 2022 class. Jamal Johnson, a three-star defensive end from Hollywood Chaminade. I spoke to his coach, Damian Jones, earlier tonight, and basically what he told me was the kid wanted to look uh, elsewhere. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, he decided he wanted to decommit. Miami still wanted him to be a part of the class. Obviously, there's a very, very deep uh, class down here in South Florida this year in terms of elite pass rushers. The top three guys in South Florida are all defensive ends. So Miami's hoping to get those guys anyway. But uh, for now, only one commitment from Manny Diaz. 
in the 2022 cycle. That's Brandon Cleveland, who I wrote a feature about earlier, uh, actually last month. So um, down to one commitment. But look, I'm not panicked if I'm a Hurricanes fan. Uh, I think things are looking really, really good with uh, Jakari Brown, the quarterback out of uh, Georgia, the four-star kid. Um, I think Miami's probably going to end up getting him. And, uh, you know, like I said, loaded year down here for defensive ends. I know that's a position of need, uh, especially after losing Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche and some of those guys. You, You always need good pass rushers. So I think Manny Diaz will eventually get there. Next week, I'll probably end up doing a show with Charles Fishbein of Elite Scouting Services. He knows these players as good as anybody down here, these recruits. And uh, I want to get his thoughts on who maybe the best pass rusher is in South Florida this year and why and, and who needs to be a priority for the Hurricanes. So we'll talk about that on the next show. But for now, that's it for this episode of Wide Right. We'll see you soon.